the That's Good From You podcast welcomes you into a dynamic conversation about faith and following King Jesus in a complex world. Join us as we grapple with difficult questions and learn to live in the tension. Welcome back to the That's Good For Me podcast. It's so nice to be here with you all. It is. We're back and we are ready for another conversation with the Bruce Holm. Hey Woo-hoo. guys, you're rolling these out after saying you're not going to do any more. <laughs> I know. We're just going to smash through a whole bunch of them. <laughs> That's right. Here we go. Buckle up, people. We are yeah. coming for you. Yes. With some cool content. Now, we hope you've listened to the last episode and maybe if you haven't, you might want to hit pause, go back and listen and then come back to this conversation because it's sort of going to be a follow on from yeah. what we were talking about. Yeah. Now, you might have listened to the last episode and thought, hmm, these guys make it sound really easy to figure out yeah. life, what I'm supposed to do with it. You just need to listen to God <laughs> and, and live loved. live loved and it's super easy and they must all have it completely figured out what they're doing. So not. Yeah. <laughs> biggest joke yeah but it's one of those things like people will message me uh, at different points and they have uh, when I was lecturing and when I was a youth pastor and just say like oh you have got it all together and I'm like if you could only see the mess yeah. that my life often is and the confusion and the yeah. I don't know what I'm doing and is this the right direction to be taking mm. you would know that it's not that simple and so no I'd way. never want people to be like oh put me on a pedestal of having everything figured out and I guess the danger with the last conversation is it might be like these guys like they know how to do it so therefore, it must be easy and they must have it all figured out. Is that, that the general vibe? Yeah. Yeah. Nope. No. <laughs> Emma's like, yeah, I've got it all figured out. Yeah, that's right. Mm, my life's perfect. Yeah. So we're talking about what it means to be human. We're talking about living loved and, and figuring out vocation. But um, it's just not always super simple and easy. So what do we, what do, we do with that? Well, I reckon it is – it's a really important – um, marker of being human mm. and that is to Yuck. be uh, finding ourselves in seasons of transition and not knowing. Oh. You mm. sound excited about that, <laughs> Emma. Seriously and, and, way, and times of finding ourselves um, sort of the neither here nor there or betwixt mm. and between is another phrase, that kind of sense of uh, being in transition. Now, that that can sound really lovely, like mm, transition yeah. is about growth and we all love growth, don't we? Yay. In the church, yeah, we want to grow in Jesus. Okay, that's that's really good. Mm. But that other cliche of, you know, often it's the times of difficulty that we grow the most and, mm. man, that is so true. And one of those mm. seasons or circumstances for difficulty is really finding ourselves at a loss of how to move forward yep. mm. and discern our way forward. So I've mm. I've taken, do you mind if I read this? No, I've taken mm. a lot of heart from uh, this well-known spiritual writer and Trappist monk, his name is Thomas Merton. He has this great prayer like, and he's like written books, he's like profound and everything and he's just got this prayer, right? I'm just going to read it. Mm. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. Mm. Okay, that's a good start. Preach, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I do not see the road ahead of me, nor do I really know myself. <laughs> and the fact that I think I'm following you doesn't really mean I'm, I'm doing that that well. Mm-hmm. But I believe the desire to please you does please you. And so I hope that I'll never do anything apart from that desire. And that I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road 
though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you'll never leave me to face my struggles alone. Amen. Hmm. Amen. Amen. <laughs> for me, that was just deeply encouraging of this is this is a real human experience, this mm. sense of being um, in between. Yeah. Yeah. Lost, not knowing where we're going, that unknown road ahead. Or even who we are. Like there was yeah. so much in those opening lines, like not knowing where you're going, not knowing the road, not even knowing who I am. Yeah. Whoa. Lost from yourself. Thought I knew, mm, uh-huh. thought I knew myself well mm. and I'm discovering actually I don't know myself that well at all. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So here's a guy who, like you say, has written books who people look up to as as a spiritual guide in, in the sense of like a person who's in the past but you read their work and they, they guide you through things and even he's saying, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I have no idea what's going yeah, on. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So there's a word for that. Mm. <laughs> You ready? Yep. So ready. You know, you know this word? I Liminality. There it is. Liminality or living in liminal spaces or mm. liminal seasons mm. in our life or having liminal experiences mm-hmm. of our life. So it comes from uh, the Latin limen, which means threshold. Mm. So it's that sense of we when we when we step over a threshold um, and we can't go can't go back, but mm. we don't know where we're going. Mm. Mm-hmm. That sense, that's that's kind of captures this idea of liminality. Now, I'm guessing that people mightn't have heard of the word, but they'll go, ah, yeah, ah, oh, that sounds familiar. It has a word, yeah, it has, mm. it has a word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, some thresholds are really great, like ideally, like say getting married, mm. or for someone exciting and it's going well, moving out of home, like they're big, they're big, exciting, mm. and as a there's really great senses about that, but there are there are other difficult ones for us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that sense of something could be yeah, like you're saying, a liminal space that's exciting and invigorating, and like oh, this is adventurous and it's new, and I don't know yep. what's coming, but that's exciting. But then there are liminal spaces where things are uncertain and it's like anxiety inducing, absolutely and it's paradoxical, and things are changing, and I don't mm. like it, and it hurts, and there's tension, mm. or it's. Or it's confusing mm. Um, mm. Mm-hmm. because it's on the one hand, like you say, it's um, exhilarating. On the other hand, it's terrifying. So like oh, how yeah. do you hold those things together mm-hmm. since we're about living in the tension <laughs> <Yeah>. here? <laughs> about how do you hold those contradictory experiences uh, uh, together? So mm. I, I, when I talk about this, sometimes I find uh, images are helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To help people identify, yeah. so like one is, and this is this is mine at the moment because I'm in a really big liminal space yeah. mm. vocationally. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, th- is the image of a trapeze. So like I've I've with this kind of business venture or service or offering, whatever it is, this consultancy, I've left let go mm. of the trapeze mm. at one end of my financial security and whatever, mm-hmm. uh, but I haven't quite grabbed onto the. Yeah. yeah, the new rail. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, I am free falling, fully oh. midair, and I'm not sure if there's a net below me. Yeah. Yes, oh. and sometimes, sometimes you can't sick. even see the thing you need to grab. Yeah. Can't see, and yeah, it's yeah. I'm waiting for it to sort of emerge out of the mist, and then I go, oh, there it is. You know, 
Yeah. Mm. Um, so that sense, uh, it, can, it can be it's like that. Image. It can be like uh, a doorway. So liminality is more, a bit mm. more curiosity, a doorway into another room mm-hmm. and like you are, you know, in the process of swinging that door open and wondering what – so it's kind of mm. about a curiosity. Yes, mm. yep. Um, for us sometimes it's like um, a, a hurdle or a barrier that we're jumping over, leaving an old life behind and going to a new life and there's a sense of freedom actually mm. can be um, mm. but we're still in the process of 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 doing that a roller coaster is a great image Oof. you know at the top of the roller coaster mm-hmm. when you are like <laughs> I'm getting vertigo well already. i don't know i just <laughs> you've got that sense that you're both excited exhilarated but mm. terrified yes at yes the same at the same time totally and you're sort of regretting eating all of the like fairy floss or yeah, <laughs> whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Am I gonna vom? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and but another classic one is uh, the cocoon where the the caterpillar is becoming a butterfly. And mm-hmm. so this is this is the cliche one, right? But it's mm. so it's so powerful because classically, if you know you know you're a little kid and you and you rip open the cocoon because you want the butterfly to come out, well actually it'll die because yes, it didn't go through really. the struggle and all the muscle work of being mm. trapped and trying to break out of that transition Oof. and that change. So that doing something for you, Emma. Yep. So, <laughs> so that that whole thing. and and all of those things. So yeah, all I'm, the first thing to say is that experiences of liminality can be very diverse like how we how we mm. feel about them or what they evoke in us mm. um also the f- the focus of what's causing that liminal experience can be mm. uh different too so perhaps it might be at the level of your own sense of self your sense of personhood your spirituality um i used to pray this way i can't mm. pray this way mm-hmm. anymore that mm. i just but i don't know how to pray now mm. or you talked about that i don't know who i am that yes. sense of i thought i was this sort of person but i'm mm. changing because you know here we're talking about like adolescence for instance is yeah. a classic a whole yes. years of liminal yep. experience because mm. all those identity and selfhood things are emerging mm-hmm. uh, it might it might be a, around Particularly in the in the Christian faith, around theological understandings, like mm-hmm. uh, I used to um, think God was uh, uh, um, a great bearded man <laughs> on a chair in the sky. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now I've discovered God is much different than that. Well, that's a that's a liminal space, but mm-hmm. equally, we have theological conceptions or ideas that were once very treasured for us that mm-hmm. actually we can't hold on to or at least we can't take as the full picture Mm. but we're not quite sure what it is and we grope around trying to go like how do I understand this now because Mm. that's being called into question or I'm I'm viewing the scriptures are actually unpacking a different side of God Mm. or a different theological understanding of ourselves or Mm. the world Mm. or whatever that's it things are changing they're not as what they were yeah but they're not what they're becoming that's it that's it and then the third one I would say is just in terms of practical social, ministerial, vocational areas like mm. um, I, you know, for me classically I was in a job, I'm not out in a job, I'm going, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. my goodness, there's a there's one or relationships change with mm. people. Yeah, yep. You know, is your bestie from year five still your bestie? You know, mm. I don't know, all, all those sorts of changes, um, mm. you know, what we, what we give ourselves to, what we find ourselves passionate about in the world, mm. um, you know, I'm, I'm a musician. I love music. Play. I thought I'd always play music mm. and lead worship and stuff. There just came a time where actually that just 
wasn't yeah. it for me anymore. Uh-huh. So that was uh-huh. a big vocational ministry kind of change mm, totally. for me in that sense. So any of those, and they can be really sudden. Like uh-huh. for me, I was employed in a particular place and then I'm not. Yep. Mm. Or they can be really gradual mm-hmm. and you can just become aware of, oh, I'm, you just get Something snippets shifting. of like yeah. I'm in an in-between space. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I think I still hold to that idea but I don't quite and mm. Mm. so it's in that, it's in that mess mm. um, what that first, we find ourselves. Sorry, I was going to say what first had you thinking about liminality because I think this kind of language is probably, I mean, I can imagine that people would be like, oh, yeah, I totally experienced that. I get it. I've walked through that. But maybe this is the first time that I've really heard this kind of wording and language around it. But what had you first thinking about liminality and this whole concept? Uh, I mean, I mentioned that I've trained as a spiritual director um, or been formed as a spiritual director, someone who companions Mm. others, listens them into speech in a deep way about their own lives and helps them notice. And so... uh, you know, more, more formally that this whole topic of seasons in our lives and mm-hmm. transition and change and how we companion others mm. in the middle of that was probably where I really sort of encountered it. Mm. Um, but at, a, at an experiential level, I would say there was a point somewhere in my 30s or late 40s when I realised I don't know, I was doing some reflecting on what, where I, the sort of person I was in my 20s and early mm. 20s and just how much I'd changed. And that was in a bunch of ways, theologically and uh, uh, relationally, but also, but in particular through uh, an experience that Sonia and I had, which was around sort of four and a half years of unexplained infertility and then early mm. pregnancy loss. So we had a long time of not being able to get pregnant which mm. there you go there's a there's a classic yeah. liminal experience <laughs> totally. of like wanting and desiring and then not and mm-hmm. it's like obviously on a monthly cycle of of up mm. and down and, yeah. and that sort of stuff and and just being held in suspense around that mm-hmm. um and but then uh and then we experienced like we had four miscarriages mm. in and around um our either side of our first child so oh, wow. um that the, the the, the difficulty and the pain, the agony of, mm. of those experiences. Mm. What I realised when I, when I sort of 10 or 15 years on, um, I, I kind of found myself being postured towards others in difficulty and pain in a different way. Mm. I thought, what, like, what is that? Because mm, I haven't mm-hmm. seen myself. I was a pretty black and white kind of 23-year-old or whatever. Yeah, yep. Um, and yeah, not really that <laughs> sensitive to others. Wow, uh, I could I not be a picture fixer. that. And, and finding myself and, and what I realised was, um, oh, wow, over a long period of time in my formation, all those liminal and difficult transition experiences mm-hmm. and that woundedness mm-hmm. actually has transitioned and changed me through quite a lot of pain into being able to be, a, I suppose, a wounded healer, you might say, or someone who can place those wounds in service of the other so then I thought, yeah, the, those experiences of in-betweenness and, and difficulty um, have, have borne fruit. Like another example <laughs> is my own theological shifts, mm-hmm. which, have, mm-hmm. which have taken many turns and continue to take turns. And um, that, that sense of um, angst, mm-hmm. literally in my body, yeah. about going, I, I don't 
this is a theological idea which is rocking my world mm. and if I change this, it's going to have a whole lot of domino effects of what I think about other things and how does that... Mm. Uh, but, you know, looking at, um, looking at those seasons and thinking... Actually, this is part of this is part of what it means to grow in God. Because if mm. if I'm not, if I'm like thinking, oh, I'll get to like I don't know, early thirties, I'll know out all my theology and I'll be done <laughs> and dusted, and I'll just apply it to everyone oh, for I the wish. rest of the life, mm. the rest of my life. What, like, well, how how am I growing? Yeah. How how am I? I've just got God in a box, mm. right? And how am I? You know, where's that element of curiosity mm. for me? Like, curiosity gets shut down. Uh, arrogance is on the rise, mm. humility is on the decline. Uh, I start talking with two mouths and one ear instead mm. of the other proportion, yeah, yeah. which is the way women, you know, all those sorts of things. So, mm. uh, and I think you just you stagnate as a person. Mm. So often limin, liminal experiences aren't easy, but mm. they're a real marker of what it means to grow mm. and, and be and human. And be I human, think. yeah, yeah. yeah. Take that in. Oh, that was a tricky question because I thought I've Mm. I've never actually thought about it. Yeah, it was really good sharing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, Another answer to your question is when I started to really think about the way Easter Mm. isn't just a one off. Mm. Interesting. Uh, You know, Jesus died. Hung around in wherever for a bit. Not really quite <laughs> sure where. Yeah. Conversation <laughs> and and rose again. Oh, phew, we get our sins forgiven, so mm-hmm. we get to Victory, go to heaven hurrah, when we die. That yeah. kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, that that whole rhythm of death and resurrection is what's often called Paschal cycle or mm-hmm. Paschal mystery. It's not kind of um, language we might be used to. Mm-hmm. It comes more from confident. Uh, say again. It's more common in Catholic or Orthodox circles. Mm. But it it means, yeah, the r- rhythm of death and resurrection, which includes Easter Saturday, by the way. Mm. Yes. Which yep. is the classic liminal yes. in-between space. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really woven into the structure of what it means to be human. Mm. Yeah. So when Paul talks about sharing in the sufferings of Christ that we may also share in mm. Jesus' new life and his glory... That's that's like in that's the day to day stuff. Mm. So because we we encounter many deaths in our life, mm. to name those and own those, it's hard for us to move through an Easter mm. Saturday to a point where Jesus resurrects something new in our lives. So mm. when I started to connect how the rhythm of Easter or the Paschal mystery, we won't call it the Paschal cycle, mm. is actually structured into what it means to be human. Mm. Uh, until I'd made that connection, I don't think I'd had the fullest appreciation of, oh, liminal space, that's like, ah, oh, flip, I'm in an Easter Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. How do I name my death? Yes. Yeah. And how do I look for the seeds of resurrection and new life lived out and manifest through me? Yeah, even when you're not there yet. And that's I mean, a bit out there. I don't know if that makes no, sense. It's, it's good. Yeah. It's good? Yeah. It makes me think, though, like, are you saying that we can't escape it? Oh, that's a good one. Cause, Maybe. Oh, cool. <laughs> but we can name it and live into it, mm-hmm. you know. Would it be risky to not be in it? Like, would it be risky to try and escape it? You know what I mean? Like, if we're talking about liminality and the process of transitions as this way of growing and actually becoming 
more deeply human and more deeply into the image of Jesus, then would it be risky to not walk through this kind of suffering sense of transition for the sake of growth? Well, I want to say that I'm, I'm, I'm not a, um, a masochist. Like I'm not, I'm not like, <laughs> yeah, Stay bring there. me on some suffering. I mean, there is, a, yeah, there is, an, there is an, a, <clears throat> an author who writes about this, Richard Raw, who says, you know, find experiences of liminality mm. wherever you can and live into them because that's where God does God's best work. Mm. And I go, oh, Richard, that's great in theory, but really I don't <laughs> go, <laughs> yeah. go looking for this. Yeah, gross. I go, you know what, I hope I get... Uh, lose my job yeah. so I can just get thrust into a liminal totally. season. Wouldn't I, that be great? I hope I burn He's, out. I hope. Yeah. I hope I deconstruct <laughs> everything I need to be true about God. Some people are like this. Some people yeah, um, eat change for breakfast, right, and transition. They just like, yeah, you? bring it on. I love, you know, like they're that kind of personality. I'm more mm. measured and calculating, so it's like I find it quite unnatural for me. Mm. So I'm not I'm not saying that. But that said, like if we if we fight it, we don't lean, learn to lean into our in-between spaces mm. and befriend our own brokenness in the middle of those. It's <laughs> like, well, um, it it's it it takes a circuitous way for God to work uh, in and around that space, and God is infinitely patient with us. But you know, like, um, what's a good example? I don't know if you're in an in-between space and you try to rush things on, like. Just tell me the result. I, I'm not thinking of a concrete example. Shut be up, helpful. Sophie. No, we we talked eyes. about this in our deconstruction episode oh, totally. where remember how you, you told that story of you were sitting on the couch crying not that long ago yeah. and I was you said I was unpacking the dishwasher. I don't remember you this. Were. But then I turned to you and said, well, maybe not everything that needed to be deconstructed was deconstructed. Mm-hmm. And you've openly said a number of times that you would love to get out of these spaces oh as quickly as possible because they're so totally. uncomfortable. It's disgusting. <laughs> But I think that's what I'm learning time and time again is that if I don't learn what I'm supposed to learn right now, then it's just going to come back and bite me in the bum. I'm going to have to do it again and it's going to be hard work. So it's like as much as it is so uncomfortable and feels just disgusting, <laughs> you've got to lean in. You've, you've got to lean in as part of what it means to be fully human and it's actually as a Jesus follower, which is cue for little book, little book uh, advertisement, Andrew Mays. Beyond the Edge, Spiritual Transitions for Adventurous Souls. Ooh. Best book on liminality and transition. Okay. All right. Okay. Beyond the Edge, uh, Spiritual Transitions for Adventurous Souls. He talks, he works his way through 10 experiences Jesus had of liminality, mm. of change, of threshold crossing. Mm. And and um, it's just, I've, I've gone back to it in this season actually. This is a well-worn marked book, but I've gone back to it. Mm. Um, so for instance, like, uh, you know, a pearl. I'll just give you this one from his chapter on Jesus in the garden, mm. which is like a threshold oh, moment. Yes. If ever yep. you've got a threshold yes. moment. And he leans even, even further, like Jesus off apart from his disciples. He says, what What are the changes and the transitions that are happening? Mm. And he names three. He says, one is from attachment, like these are my friends. This is how life works. This is my band of of brothers and sisters. Um, that's all about to change. So it mm. goes from attachment to bereavement. Mm. So like there's there's a first thing. Mm. When, when we're tr- yeah. in transition and liminality, like I'm, I'm having to let go of my office that I had. Mm. I'm having to let go of the work colleagues I had, mm. of the title and the role. Mm. Like, I, you know, I'm deeply attached to lots of those yeah. things. Mm. Like so bereave, 
bereave them. Like actually learn yes. to lament. Totally. If you can't lament those and, and grieve their passing mm. and let them bless you for what they were in that season, mm. then it's going to be it's going to be hard. Yeah. So it goes from attachment to bereavement. These go down each level, all right, oh, by no. the way. Just warning you. I'm already like The next friends. one he says is from, from terror to trust. So mm. like Jesus is overwhelmed to the point of of sorry, like he's sweating, yeah. like this is freaking Jesus out. Mm. Or or he says another word is um, from agitation to composure. I actually like that. Wow. So like because if you've ever noticed, like he's in absolute angst and terror, yeah. And yet somehow he transitions to. You ever notice how calm mm. Jesus is mm. when the guards show yeah. up? When yes, the, and yeah, actually, yeah. so for me, like. Um, coming out of my uh, employment situation, freaking out, terrified. Mm-hmm. What's uh, Heaps yeah. of agitation, emotions all over the place. Mm. This really helped me go, okay, there is a call in this liminal season towards composure, mm. towards mm. how will you work trust, trust in me, how yep. will you help me. And the third one, this is a kicker, from resistance to surrender. <laughs> so from... <laughs> so from 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 you know not you know father if there's any way yeah. yes if there's any way that's just so human mm. and we you know I'm resisting this mm-hmm. I want my job back I want my mm. I want my my you know fortnightly salary mm. back mm-hmm. to surrender mm. this is actually the new reality this is my new Easter Sunday this is actually the new life that I've been given mm-hmm. so how will you help me live it. So my thing is if we don't if we don't name those deaths in our life and mm. live into our Easter Saturday, those deaths will, will be terminal rather than paschal. If Oof. we can if we can cool. alert alert ourselves to the ways in which there are inner movements that we're called to and that we can trust God to work mm. in us and be patient, mm. be patient in them, then they can be they, they can be paschal, okay? It can become the seedbed for God doing new stuff. Mm. As I said, that might be vocationally, it might be our, our theology, it might be our personhood and our praying, spirituality, whatever. But I think it's interesting that you touched on the idea of lamenting and grieving as a part mm-hmm. of the process of liminal mm. spaces because I think mm. as we're thinking about what it means to be human and as whole humans with mm. mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, like what does liminality have to say or speak into when it comes to the whole person? How does liminality affect us as whole human beings and I think that idea of grief and Mm -hmm. lament it's being an emotional and mental kind of process as well like can you speak into that at all (laughs) no too close to the bone (laughs) everything hits too close Uh, I mean one one thing interestingly that I've been learning is about paying attention to my body Mm. and letting my body lead me Mm. yeah Uh, you know I'm working with my own spiritual director who's she's always saying so where's that sitting in your body? I go, why do you keep asking yeah, me that? Shut up. Because I hate it when you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you ask me that. <laughs> there you go. We're going around in triangles here. It's because it's uh, you know, the um what is what's the book? Body keeps score. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. all all, mm. all that neuroscience and research yes. that's going around us. Actually often our bodies um our bodies are 
articulate where our mm. minds actually only catch up to and yeah. speak out afterwards. Mm-hmm. Story of my life. Mm. Yes. Mm. <laughs> it was even the other day we, we were on the phone. So Bruce and I have had a like similar journey in the last couple of months of not having our jobs anymore. And when we were chatting on the phone the other day, I was like, I feel like my body's catching up with all of these health issues that the pace of life that I've kept for the last I don't know, however many years I've, I've stopped and I've slowed down and now I've got this barrage of health things happening. Mm. I'm like, okay, what's like, what's that, what's that telling about? Yeah. And I hate having to listen to my body. It's so frustrating, but here we are. This is the Gnostic thing again. Like yeah. we live in a disconnected way and yes. our theologies actually uh, unwittingly feed into it. Totally. Mm. You know, um, you know, how's your relationship with God? Well, we don't even think about our body. We think about this yeah. ethereal kind of yes. soul, quote, unquote, yeah. sort of yeah. floating around somewhere in us, which is such a a weird view of the human person Yes, mm. if you look at, at the scriptures. So I think you're onto something about mm. uh, our whole selves and I would say, you know, number one, like learn, learn to listen to your body, learn mm. what an embodied spirituality is kind of looks like because yeah. I'm slowly catching on about ah uh, that's that's God speaking to me through my body in terms of uh, you're in a way you feel angsty or in suspense because that's mirroring what your life is. Yeah, yeah, mm. totally. Oh. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so so listen to it and 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 this is the hard thing befriend it. Mm. Let it teach let it yeah. teach you its wisdom. It's like a small child who's having a tantrum. Let the child sit on your lap until they calm, till they can t- teach you the wisdom rather than trying mm. to pacify and mm. ignore and fix. Yeah, it's mm. interesting. Yeah, let it teach you its wisdom. I think the last couple of days I've been so tired in my body and I've felt so frustrated because I've just been ha- like I've been napping all the time and I'm like, don't know why I'm tired, feeling really frustrated. And this thought came to me yesterday driving the car and I just ended up like uttering I was like body thank you for being so loud Mm. I was like my body is being so loud to me and it's telling me what it needs and although I'm frustrated that I have to nap and that's taking time out of my day I'm like my body is like it's Mm. almost like yelling at me it's like this is what you need Emma so I'm going to continue to be loud until you listen to me and care for me and tend to me Mm. and so it's that like Mm. relationship almost like treating your body as another person and being like having a relationship with that person so you can tend mm. to her or him. Yep, absolutely. Mm. The other mm. thing about the whole and integrated self is mm. just that we're social beings. So mm. who do we connect with in, in between spaces? Ooh, that's good. Mm. Particularly if you come from a, uh, a, a Christian culture that, that doesn't really name or deal with liminal in between spaces mm. with not knowing yes very well like particularly theologically mm. can be feel unsafe mm-hmm. so if you can find others trusted others to name your i used to think this about god but now i'm just not so sure yeah. even just to speak that out can be risky mm. but if you're able able to do that to find trusted people to explore yeah. that and to have someone say wow okay yeah. Um, you know, and I know you've been through that spaces and Sophie's been important mm. for you in that journey yeah. in create in just curating a <laughs> safe space mm. um where you can be in your own Easter Saturday, yes. like whatever it looks like. Totally. And going, Come on, get through it, Emma. That's rush right. through it. Rush to so, Sunday. Because it's making me feel anxious. Exactly. So mm. I don't you know, I'm concerned for you, so say the right things, you know, if you can res- 
as a companion to someone mm-hmm. who else is in a liminal space, resist that. Yes. And and to be present and truly companion them, that mm. can be very helpful, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, that's really helpful to hear. Yes, and if you are companioning someone and someone does say something that makes you a little bit angsty or anxious or you feel like you need to rush them on, then that's a really great invitation for you to pay attention to what's going on for you. Oh, Sophie. Because that happens to me sometimes. It, nailing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I'll be listening to someone and my desire will be to either like correct the theology or to be like, but what about this? But what about this? And it's like, well, actually, no, they're causing some sort of yeah. anxiety in me about a belief system that I hold. Totally. And it's like, no, actually, the space is needed to be safe and, and for people to express. And then if I've got anything going on for me, then that's my job at some later point to that's then explore brilliant. why am I freaking out about this or yeah. why is it making me uncomfortable? Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a place for skilled intervention with mm. people in their journeys. Yes. But more often than not, I think if people are given half the chance, God can do God's own best work with yeah. them in partnership if totally. they're given a safe space yes. to work it. So yeah. I experienced that the other day. I had a friend who I've been chatting with and she ended up messaging me saying that she wouldn't even call herself a Christian anymore. She was like, oh, you win some, you lose some. What do you do? And my reaction, I just laughed. Like I thought it was so funny. And then I noticed myself laughing and I was like, how fascinating that I am not scared out of my mind for this person or like freaking out that maybe they've lost their faith or they've, you know, they've walked away entirely. I was just like, wow, fascinating how much I've shifted. Yes. Because I'm not, I'm not scared for this person hmm. because – God will do whatever God wants to do and they're probably in a honestly better space than some Christians who are just happy to stay boxed in whereas they're just kind of free to step out and explore and whatnot. So, yeah, fascinating noticing how you respond Mm. to people in the space. Mm. Mm. So I've been talking a bit about mine but Mm. what about you, Sophie? You've been in your own yeah. liminal journey. How yes. have you been navigating it? What's been its nature and feel for you? For, for you? I just really like ignoring it. That, that really <laughs> works for me. I'm sort of kidding, sort of not until it hits me. I've, I feel like the last, since I started studying at Tabor, I think um, my Masters of Divinity in around 2015, I've been through a number of different liminal spaces. So um, I didn't necess- necessarily share when we did our deconstruction episode, but there was a process for me of liminality in terms of my theological thinking. Mm. And it's where that analogy I, I shared about like changing theological lenses being like changing prescription glasses came from because I was I was like there was a way I saw God and it worked for me for my whole life and then I went to Bible college and suddenly people are using different language for God and explaining him in ways I'd never heard before and it's like okay I can't be where I was because that doesn't that language doesn't work for me anymore Mm -hmm. that that lens doesn't work and now I am in this weird spot where it's like I don't know how to pray. Mm. I don't know how to talk to God. I don't know how to talk about God because I don't have the new language that mm. I will eventually develop into. And it's kind of nice having the hindsight to look back at that now and go, oh, like I have come out of that and I don't know everything there is about God and I still struggle with language sometime, sometimes, but we've moved. I've moved through that liminal space into mm. this new one of like what the heck am I doing with my <laughs> life people are like what are you going to do and I'm like oh, I'm planning to go overseas for a couple of months next year and that's about as far forward as I've I've thought whereas if you had to ask me kind of a year and a half ago I would have been like well academia and a PhD and mm-hmm. like I would have had kind of the next five to ten years of my life planned out and all of a sudden it's like everything's changed and I have no plans beyond kind of March yeah. next year which is wild mm. uh, so in terms of how I deal with it I think 
it was really tumultuous when I was about God and, and my theo- theological lenses. This has been a little bit less tumultuous than that, which has been nice. Mm. And I think partly because I've grown and understood more of who I am going back to the last episode, that if I'm living loved, it doesn't actually matter if I move back to the Barossa and start working for my family business. I can be who God has called me to be in that space as Mm -hmm. well as I can working in a Bible college teaching people about the Bible. So this has been heaps like not nicer because no liminal space for me so far has been nice, (laughs) but it, it hasn't rocked me quite as much as I expected that it might. And so I actually, I'd be interested to go back to those images in my own kind of reflection and consider it doesn't feel like the last time, which was kind of that trapeze for me where I couldn't see what was, what I was going to grab onto next and what the image might be. I'm actually not sure. Emma, I heard you're pouring beers and mowing lawns. Mm. Let's go. Is that part of your strategy for dealing with your liminal space? (laughs) How are you navigating it? Yeah, look, um, Rather than like a vocational liminality kind of crisis, I feel like it's more of an identity thing for me. I'm just like, who am I and what do I actually want to do? And right now it's just I want to do mindless things and I want to draw out this really social, fun-loving side of me and I know I can do that when I'm mowing lawns and pouring (laughs) beer Um, rather than like dealing with people's trauma. So Mm. I just want to build on that side. And it's funny as you were talking, Sophie, I think – in this kind of season for me um, through burnout and kind of being stripped back from everything I knew to be true about myself in particular, I get the image of the wilderness with um, like the Exodus and the Israelites and having that um, kind of mirrored up against my life. I'm like for them, they knew who they were. They were um, slaves and they knew what it looked like to be a slave and then they were kind of thrown into the wilderness and they weren't yet who they were going to be until, you know, they were landing in the promised land. And that was a really long process. And I feel like that has been my my kind of story the last few months is I was kind of ripped out from all I knew, you know, who I was, my identity, what I thought Emma Beams looked like and how she mm-hmm. behaved and acted and what she wanted. And I haven't yet stepped into who I know I am and I'm kind of carrying this old slavery life, but I'm not there, but I'm not yet in this promised land of this is my new identity and I'm established. I'm still in this liminal space, but I'm tracking on through the wilderness. I'm kind of closer than what I was, but I'm still not there. And it's just all, sorry, mm. this is big. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's been a journey and it's gross to think that I'm not there and I'll never be there necessarily. But mm. I think the imagery is really helpful. I have a question and it could be a really controversial one. So we may end up cutting it out. <laughs> we'll see. If you're listening to this, we haven't cut it out. (laughs) So for me, I think I've been reflecting on this a little bit and I don't know if it's the same for you, Emma, but there were so many people for me in high school and in my early 20s who were like calling out paid professional ministry in a church as a vocational pathway that I should follow. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, like there are all these people that I trust and really respect and admire who are also in that space. So like, you know, I trust them. It seems to be like fitting with some of the skills that I have. It must just be the thing that I need to do. And I'm not saying that any of that was wrong or that I won't go back into that space down the track, but I do wonder about 
calling things out like that in people before they've actually figured out some of that identity stuff. And I just, I wonder what the, like, you never want to say to a church or a pastor, like, don't call out gifts in people because, you know, that would lead to some other issues. But how do we do that well in a way that still lets people figure out who they are first so that you don't end up, you know, 25, 26, or in my case, 34 going like was... Like, was that the thing or was I Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I don't know. Does that make sense? It's like stepping into things almost like prematurely. Yeah, I definitely wasn't ready at 19 to go into, you know, a paid ministry position. And so I just wonder, like, is there a way to helpfully, I guess, maybe journey with someone, companion someone, with like walk alongside someone that doesn't necessarily put them in a box that you think that they should fit in? That was just sort of while you were talking and while I was thinking, Mm. like, I wonder if there's a way to do that well think perhaps at least some of your language mm. um you know i've never really warmed to thus saith the lord and i, just, <laughs> I get this picture for you yeah. and it's clear yeah. that you know god's you know um god's got greatness planned for you that, that sort of thing mm. uh, theologically it's just mm. anyway um <laughs> so the language i would shift to ah oh, i've noticed this about you i wonder if yeah mm. yeah that's really helpful uh, mm-hmm. Or or have you ever pondered? Mm-hmm. Um, ra- you know, rather yes. than which you're saying often comes out of our own need to feel important, or we've mm-hmm. named something in somebody else, and they'll thank us later, or mm-hmm. we we see you know that that language of saying uh, clearly God has mm-hmm. put this mantle of leadership upon you, you know, and or whatever, and then that sets people in a particular way. Well, I ought to you know, other people have said about me and. Uh, so it must mm. it must be true, and it must look like mm. must look like this. When I was teaching formation mm. at Bible College, and this is like one of the first classes, people doing um, bachelor of theology or ministry. Like I spent a lot of time just saying, "Why are you here? Mm. Yeah, are you really sure? <laughs> are you really like why like why are you here?" And trying to help people come to terms with why they've made that particular mm. decision, and the number of times people. You know, we'll start with um, it's what good Christians ought to do. I mean, mm. not quite that language, yes. but, um, you know, my dad was a pastor, uh-huh. um, th- those sorts of things. Mm. Uh, I mean, this is where, it's so funny, I, I come back to this, uh, another book flagging <laughs> here, mm. Let Your Life Speak, Listening mm. for the Voice of Vocation. This is all tied in together with what we're talking about by Parker Palmer. Mm. You know, he talks about the difference of vocation as something which is given to us externally, Mm. like the voice spoken to us Uh uh, compared to the recognising the voice within us. So the the title of the book is Let Your Life Speak, Mm. not in terms of, um, you know, let your actions do the talking. Mm. Like we think, make make sure your life speaks. You don't need to, you know. But in terms of let your life, like stop long enough to let your life speak to you. How do you learn to listen to your life? Mm. and uh, the way you have been shaped and who you are. (laughs) He says, I understand vocation not as a goal to be achieved but as a gift to be received. Mm. Discovering vocation does not mean scrambling towards some prize just beyond my reach but accepting the treasure of true self I already possess. Wow. Mm. Vocation does not come from a voice out there calling me to be something I'm not. It comes from a voice in here calling me to be the person I was born to be oh. to fulfil the original selfhood given mm. to me at birth oh, by God. God. 
So I'm going like that is such a different way (laughs) to think about vocation and calling. And if we return to our theme here about Mm. liminal spaces, Mm. in mine classically, I'm okay. I have a little bit of luxury because I've got something behind me financially. I've got the luxury of I don't have to find work kind of like straight straight away. But Mm. it is really this sense of okay, I've had this experience working particular place. Like who who really am I, God, and what mm. how am I shaped? Like what do I really want to do with my life? Yeah. Which which is like, oh, that's not the question. It's not what I want to do, it's what God wants me to do. <laughs> yeah. Is in the question. Yeah. I'm going, no, actually I, I need to take this really seriously. Mm. So this whole selfhood in God mm. all becomes really, really important. So yes. I think the work you are doing at the moment, Emma, about mm. your own sense of Yes. I'm in between. I'm actually. It's. I think it's a. Voc- it's an identity thing. Mm. Um, probably don't want to mow lawns and pour beers forever. No. Might be made for something different than that, or maybe not. I don't know. Right. Exactly. Mm. Um, but whatever you go on to do, um, you're you're actually doing the being identity uh-huh. foundational work of actually learning how to listen to that. Um, that voice, and I'm—I mean, I don't know that well, but I'm guessing there's probably, perhaps, been quite some, you know, like external voices. Emma, you're a—you're a great speaker, Emma. Yep. Emma, you're a—you uh, know, great with with young kids. Emma, you're—you know, whatever. Mm. And so you, you go, oh, someone's calling that out in totally. me. Totally, better follow. And I'm—I'm I'm not dissing at all the role mm. of community in discernment, mm. but um, liminal spaces gift us with the opportunity to actually revisit ourselves. Mm. That's right. And and discover this kind of mm. core work. So, I like that. <laughs> it's it's an invitation and it doesn't, like even though a lot of our experience I think of liminal spaces can be tumultuous, angsty, it is an invitation into something as well. So there is hope and it, it can be exciting as well as we were sort of talking about in the beginning. That's part of the invitation of these liminal mm. seasons and spaces. If we can deal with some of the or work through some of the grief processes that actually maybe not on the other side but in in that process there is an invitation into re-examining getting to know ourselves a little bit better figuring out what is it that god is calling me into i think that's quite exciting mm. and that's it's right scary. it's not just the external voice but like the last few months there's been this internal whisper that's like emma i want to love you while you pour beers like mm. Just that mm. sense of just go live loved while you mow the mm-hmm. lawn with your dad. Like mm-hmm. I'm really – that's the kind of liminal mm. space that I'm excited for. Mm. I'm like, that's right. It is just about living as the beloved of God. And that doesn't have to look like following all these big external – Emma, you're a pastor, Emma, be a speaker, Emma, quick, get on the ministry train mm. and get back on it. Mm. Like, no. Yeah. Mm. Because we know that the best pastors and – Preachers and speakers and whatever that we connect with actually have – something flows deeply from their selfhood. Mm. It's it's mm. rarely for me I get my BS detector <laughs> up when, yep. when, when, when someone's – it did this summer – it's just a sense of falsehood or a sense of, you know, the people who speak from their own um, brokenness and having done their own work with their authentic self, mm. that's just their own roots – Produces better, yeah. mm. better fruit, mm. I reckon. So, 
There's an invitation for you. That's right. So if anyone's listening to this who is feeling like they are in a liminal space or is actually just finding the language helpful maybe to describe something that they have been through, but particularly if someone's listening and they're finding themselves in a transition space, what are some practical things that you might say to someone who finds themselves in that spot? How do you go about this? Mm. 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 Yep. Uh, so again, I'm going to do just point to this core disposition of receptivity. Like mm. the the quicker we can befriend our liminal spaces or accept them or like notice them and recognizing that fighting against them is part of the a natural response. Yeah. But if we can come to a place of going, naming it and recognizing, oh, that's what I'm in mm. and that's why it feels terrifying and exhilarating yeah. at the same time or that's why it feels... Um, paradoxical or mm. uh, difficult. Mm. Uh, that that's the f- that's the first uh, first step. I I say this not because I'm a spiritual director looking for directees, although if anyone wants to contact <laughs> me, um, uh, but actually working this is the this is a really good space for a spiritual director, particularly mm. if you are you know you're a Christian, you're a Jesus follower, you mightn't be, but if you are, and you're wondering about questions. Um, in around that affect you know your relationship with God, and you're trying to follow these steps. You're not sure. Actually, having someone who's who's formed to listen to you in that space mm-hmm. is a mm-hmm. safe space can be really really helpful. And you might only meet with a director for a season, mm-hmm. but you can see it's a bit different to meeting with a counsellor. Like a mm-hmm. counsellor is really trying to work through. Yep. This is not really a problem that you can solve. Mm. It's yeah. a space in which you can patiently lean into oh. and discern in the midst of. Mm. And um, and <laughs> trusting God's slow work in the in the midst of that, mm. um, phew, there's a yeah. there's a there's mm. a good space. Yeah. Um, also around the if you're into spiritual disciplines, just just looking, and we might talk about this in another episode around practice of waiting, mm. because um, disciples couldn't make Easter Saturday yes hurry yeah like they had to live in it, mm-hmm. and actually they really. I mean, they, Jesus had told them what was going to happen, but yeah. they really didn't kind of know what that was going to look like mm. and they didn't even sort of necessarily recognise yeah. it when it came. So uh, the, the practice of becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable mm. is something that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're laughing, <laughs> is, is something that's, um, is something that's, that's quite helpful. Mm. And just I would even think about trying to find psalms that now yeah. I, I probably could have done some research before this podcast around uh, you know, psalms that are that are in liminal um, mm. spaces, but totally. are really helpful. Like really quick, just uh, Google Walter Brueggemann. Yes, he's an Old Testament scholar, and he has a great way of classifying psalms: psalms of orientation, mm. psalms of disorientation, and <laughs> psalms of new orientation. So psalms of orientation. God, the world is good, the sun is shining, uh, you bless the righteous, you curse the wicked, like everything's in kind of in order. Mm. And we have that kind of sense. We have those times in our life. Psalms of disorientation, what the hang? Yeah, totally. You bless the wicked, you mm. don't give the righteous what, what they need. Yeah. You know, everything's kind of upside down. So that's often, that's a good marker of liminal spaces. So find mm. some Psalms of disorientation. Here are a couple from a quick Google. Here we you go. might want to try Psalm 13, 35. 74, 86, 
95 or 137 if you're feeling really mm. angry and like your enemy's out to get you, try 137. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that in itself pushes back against the theology of saying we ought to move things exactly. through quickly yeah. or um, you should know where you're going or yep. you should have everything mapped out because this is a, this is a human experience yes. of um, the biblical writers yeah. of being, uh, you know, in suspense Yeah. often. I think it doesn't mean you can't ask the question. I think mm-hmm. about Psalm 6 has gotten me through a lot and that's where David is crying out, like, how long, O oh Lord, yeah. must I be here? Mm-hmm. So it's like actually can recognise and that's a whole part of befriending, being like, wow, I am noticing that I really don't like being here yeah. and I can ask the question, God, how freaking long do I have to wait mm-hmm. here? That can be a part of befriending that process and leaning mm-hmm. into. And the third psalm, psalm, type of psalm that Brueggemann talks about is psalms of new orientation or reorientation. Mm-hmm. God, I was this but now this. Mm. Um, and actually that's important. Like me thinking about our season of early pregnancy loss and miscarriage and going, wow, my own woundedness, actually some fruit has come out of that. Mm-hmm. And that is important to name and recognise times of actually I've come through a liminal season, like I've yeah. talking before, that I to you guys that I feel like actually I'm, I'm starting to even though things are unknown for me, mm. there has definitely been a marker for me in terms yeah. of transition and yeah. just to Movement. just go, thank you God, mm. yeah, thank you. Step I think those like the the reorientation seasons, like when if and when you feel like you're coming out of that liminal space, even if it's just a little bit, to to actually mark that with a thank you and mm-hmm. a psalm of reorientation. So it's helpful to have the psalms that teach us and give us language for disorientation, but not to forget the thank you and yes, I've grown and and here's kind of where we're coming to in the in that mm. next season yep. or stage. Mm. Mm. Awesome. It's been a really good conversation has been mm. so we touched on waiting yeah yep we talk about that next one yep next episode we're going to be talking about the idea of waiting which is a really uh, tricky one particularly for those of us whose patience is not the best <laughs> which i'm definitely putting my hand up for and saying my patience is not amazing so uh keep your eyes peeled for our next episode on waiting and keep wrestling Yeah. Keep living this tension. tension. Thank you, Bruce. (laughs) Pleasure. We'll catch you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.